Here are the top five things that surprise people about deep stage realization. So number one is how thoroughly enjoyable it can be. At some point, it does become profoundly peaceful. It's very difficult to describe this, but it's something like all appearance, formless appearance, vibrating with a sort of ineffable aliveness. But this isn't happening anywhere in particular. It's not happening in space. So it's even more real than what appears to be occurring within space, within the three-dimensional world we perceive. So it's deeply and profoundly intimate. So why don't I talk about this all the time? Because there's a big drawback to talking about this. And that is that people will hear this who are still mind identified. And a couple of things will happen. One is they'll use my words to compare it to their experience presently. So they will go into an analysis mode rather than just dropping deeper into their experience, analyzing Am I feeling what Angelo's talking about? Am I feeling that vibratory aliveness? Am I feeling peace? Is this what, what he's talking about or what other people are talking about? So it can put you in analysis mode. Secondly, it can make you seek it. So it turns into something that the mind will put in the future. And then it will believe that it's not good enough or you're not good enough to achieve it somehow. It'll... It'll fuel the doubt system of thought. So that's the second thing that happens. It becomes a seeking mechanism or it adds to the seeking mechanism. Sorry about the sounds. Kimora's chewing on her yak bone she got for Christmas. <laughs> <coughs> so you're going to hear background sounds. Uh, thirdly, the... Um, tendency to compare, constantly compare what your experience is with an idealized experience, something you heard, which is like another form of doubt. But this is one I hear so frequently from people. They're like, well, I'm having this experience and something feels very, very real, very sort of undeniable and stable and simple, but it's not like you describe it. And it's not like that person describes it. Like I hear this so frequently, even though I caution against it all the time, I still hear it very frequently. And I think there are a couple of things behind it. One is we just sort of doubt ourselves. So we're looking for some kind of authority to confirm our experience or, you know, assuage our doubt or whatever. Um, and another is that it, what gets co-opted by the mind is our orientation to truth, our drive to want to do it right, to want to... Um, not overlook things to get it right. And we're so plagued with doubt and um, all the dead ends of the mind that it's easy to believe these thoughts. So so there's 
there's a reason, there are a couple of reasons we tend to, to doubt our experience or tend to compare our experience to an idealized experience or one that appears to come from a place of authority. But that's kind of wrong practice or wrong orientation. Right practice or right orientation in this way of speaking is really just going to your immediate experience right now, whatever it is, regardless of what it is. Not comparing it to anything, not comparing it to what I said before, or peace or freedom or an ideal or anything like that. It just doesn't help you to do that. It's essentially never helpful to do that, to compare your experience right now to anything else at all. Because that comparison will always be thought. And a huge part of the big first movement of spirituality is moving beyond thought and concept, or at least disidentifying to a significant degree such that you don't cling to thought and concept consistently or continuously. There's a gap, a big gap opens there. So you can start to disidentify it from, uh, from thought, from belief, and from resistance and identity at deeper and deeper levels. So that's the number one thing that surprises people about this. And I do hear this in deep stage realization beyond the illusion of separation and form and beyond the illusion of self, actually, beyond the most fundamental illusion, really, which is the illusion of self, is, man, this is so peaceful. Um, it's profoundly peaceful. It's also very simple and rather innocent. But it can be surprising because of what I'm going to say next, <laughs> which is the second most surprising thing uh, to people in deeper stage realization is just how deep the shadow goes, just how much discomfort you're going to navigate to, you're, you're going to, um, I guess, endure <laughs> to get to these fundamental illusions, to get to these fundamental delusions. It can be rather surprising. And as I've said in many videos, this is really where I think most confusion is in the spiritual process, in the, the authentic spiritual process, meaning the unfolding uh, of the, the realization itself, of the unbinding from identity. Most confusion is around the shadow, around emotion, around fixation at the emotional level and resistance at the emotional level. And I can always tell the difference between someone who's gone through that and someone who has done some of it, but is really avoiding that deeper stuff. Um, and it, it shows in various ways. It shows in how you interact in the world with other people, um, certainly with how you interact with yourself, although that's largely internal. And it also shows in the clarity of realization they're directly tied together. So it can be daunting, surprising, uh, how much existential fear you'll come in contact with. Shame, guilt, all these things that most of us are avoiding until we make a practice out of coming into contact with them. Um, it can be surprising how much is there and how gritty it gets how unguarded you feel, how raw you feel, how you do have to go back to the last place you ever wanted to go. 
how you have to set aside those identities and coping mechanisms that you've learned to use to get along in life and to make yourself feel confident and make yourself feel like you know what's going on and like you are adapting to challenges. You actually have to set all of those aside at some point, which is a good thing. But then what happens is you come face to face with anything you hadn't fully addressed when you were younger. And then you get all the way back to those very, very deeply rooted core fears and emotional fixations and resistance patterns that I talked about in my book, in my emotions chapter. So you're going to come into contact with those. You're also going to have to learn ways to come into contact with things that everything in you wants to avoid that are truly unconscious. That it's like sometimes chipping away at a block of ice. You know, there's something there, but it's very, very difficult to find it. And through relational work, through working one-on-one with somebody who has been through this, or perhaps watching videos, reading books, a lot of inquiry, retreats, whatever it is that's required to get through that chunk of ice (laughs) to the core, um, you'll do, you'll have to do. Uh, but it can be daunting. So this is the number two thing that I think surprises people is how much shadow material there is in, in the deeper stages. What's interesting about this is that it's not really that there's so much of it. It's not endless. It's What's surprising about it is how hidden it is and how uncomfortable it can be to get into contact with it. How anti... Um, or I guess counterintuitive it is about where we need to actually look. It can be really slippery stuff. So again, it can be helpful to take counsel with somebody who knows this material and or get leverage on yourself however you need to do that. Sometimes life does it for you through disruption or tragedy. So yeah, this is this is the second um, and it's a it's a big one and it deters a lot of people. It deters whole systems of religion and systems of spirituality where the system is built out of avoiding this. <laughs> Not a good idea, but that's what happens. That's what that's what human uh, psychology does. The, the human sort of collective mass of delusion. It's very, very good at hiding things. So um, there can be a nice orientation here, a nice mantra that says, I want to feel what I don't want to feel. I want to see what I don't want to see. I want to go where I don't want to go. You know, orient that way, see what happens. The third thing that's rather surprising in deep stage of realization is how strange things get. Things get so paradoxical, so bizarre in certain ways, um, especially in reference to concept or metaphysics. Uh, it gets just impossible to talk about any of it or even to internally internally relate to yourself about it. Uh, thoughts and concepts become so inadequate that it's kind of absurd. So as things get very direct, they also get um, paradoxical, enigmatic, strange sometimes. The things that happen around you can be rather odd the nature of realization itself especially beyond the self can be very strange 
surprising, funny, strange, bizarre. Yeah. It's a little hard to even say what I mean by this because it's so different for everyone and it changes all the time. So that leads to the fourth thing that it can be very surprising in deep stage realization, and that is everything is new all the time. Everything is fresh all the time, and you don't really get tired of it, and you don't get used to it, and you don't get familiar with it in a way. There's an old saying, familiarity breeds contempt. And that actually makes a lot of sense because when we're familiar with something, we're disassociated from the moment. When we're familiar with something, we're we're mistaking the experience, the immediate the immediacy itself for a memory of it or a conclusion about it or a summary of it. And when we do that, we're engaging the mind. We're not engaging reality in the sense that reality is something right in front of our face. So that's the familiarity I'm talking about, the familiarity of mind and of veils and of conclusions and of the arrogance of the mind. Oh, I know this. I know how this is. I know who this is. I know what's going to happen. And that breeds contempt. The reason I think it breeds contempt is because it's deeply unsatisfying. And it parades itself as the opposite of unsatisfying. It parades itself as confidence, as strength of mind, and so forth. But it's it's not. Uh, and so some part of us knows we're dividing from ourselves, and we're deeply unhappy. That's where the contempt comes from. But instead of seeing that the contempt is within us, we often project it outward. So then we project our contempt onto the world, onto others. We're really projecting contempt onto the veils, our our quote-unquote familiarity. But yeah, so that's how that goes in, in the extreme version of it. But even in subtler versions, there's just a discomfort, there's a dissatisfaction that comes with that familiarity of mind, of expectation, of belief, of identity. It's uncomfortable, of course. So when that spell is broken, when that fundamental illusion is dispelled, we enter this world where uh, everything is new. Everything is so fresh. It's just coming into being all the time in one way of speaking. In another way of speaking, there's nothing coming into being. There's no being to come into. There isn't enough separation or distance for anything like that to happen, but it's a correction. It's a correction for the old way of experiencing. So things are fresh, simple, immediate, uh, innocent. There's an innocence to this as well because you don't actually know anything. You don't actually know anything in the way you used to think you did about anything, including spirituality or yourself or this environment. It's just appearing. Sounds are appearing. Colors are appearing. Sensations are appearing at zero distance, not in space, not in time. And the appearance itself is not even in time. It's not as if there's nothing, then there's something, then there's nothing. That progression isn't even there. So it's just appearance or no appearance, sound or no sound, sensation or no sensation. And since the sensation and non-sensation are also not in time, they're not temporally related, the sensation is no sensation. The sound is no sound. Movement is stillness. 
again, leads right back to paradox, but it is always new, always fresh. Like you're just being reborn again and again and again and again. You're also dying again and again and again and again, to put it in a conventional way. This is beyond the self-structure, so it's not about you at all, but it's just a way of speaking. The moment is coming into being and dying at the same time simultaneously, and those are not temporally related. So it's birth and death are the same. Literally, they're intertwined. So they kind of cancel out. <laughs> so then what's left? In Zen, it's, it's called pro solving the problem of birth and death. It's pretty apt, actually. I guess she's done with her bone. She wants to get some petting. So that is, was that the third or fourth? That was the fourth. The fifth thing that can be surprising about deep stage realization is that it's not done. Now, there is a finality to the self-structure and to identity, which is a very, very big, or I'll say it's very consequential, that realization changes everything. Um, well, also changes nothing, but it, <laughs> it dispels a very, very pervasive illusion. An illusion that's so pervasive that even with non-dual realization, you can overlook it easily. So it dispels something that's so fundamental to our processing that it's there's no way to talk about it before it occurs. When it occurs, it's just like, oh my gosh, wow. I've heard it described in a lot of ways. You know, It's not just that you disappear or the self disappears, the whole world disappears. That's a pretty good way of talking about it. Come on, Jean. Come here, baby. Hi, baby. Um, so yeah, it's, it's not just that you disappear or the self disappears. It's, there's so much tied to the self. There's so much tied to selfing, to identity that what actually goes is surprising how thorough that is, how thorough that drop is. So that's, um, It is a, it's a sort of finality uh, in a way. The, the, the spiritual process for the apparent spiritual individual is over. So how can it be that realization continues? Well, it does. <laughs> like so many things, it was never about the self. It was never about you. But it does continue to deepen in a certain way. Also, there can even be shifts. There can be like whole pieces of um, of like identity, not, it's not identity structure so much. It's like belief and behavior structure, perhaps like residual belief and behavior that was tied to identity, even though the identity structure is dissolved, they're still operating. And there's actually a lot of them and, uh, they will slow down and, and stop. And so they will fall off. And sometimes it feels like a, a shift, like, wow, something just disappeared again. Um, and things are even freer. So this can go on and on and on, which is really surprising actually. And it uh, can be pretty interesting to go through because you never know how or when that will happen or how it's going to happen. It's complete mystery. So, so here you are in, in this, <laughs> you're not even here, but um, hmm. yeah, just this mystery that is endlessly unfolding um, and it's just appearances, simple appearances. Nothing behind them, nothing in front of them, nothing receiving them. 
and they're they're both empty and full. Um, they're both transient and intransient. They're both appearing and non-appearing. And then all of a sudden, it's like a phase shift. Something just falls off again. Can't describe what that's like or how it how it happens or why it happens, but often you can see the the conventional component of it, like the conventional effect of that in in your life, in your conventional life. You may see something change in the in the way you just perceive everything again, <laughs> conventionally speaking. Uh, so yeah, that's that's number five is that the, the process does continue. Um, Dogen said, um, at some point, no trace realization, uh, is clarified and that no trace continues endlessly. And that's true. That's, it's just like that. There's a continuation, but there's also no trace. So what is it that's continued? It's like a koan that never stops breaking itself open. There you go.